Hola y bienvenidos a Sex and Spanglish, where we empower mujeres to get in touch with their bodies, own their pleasure, and where we discuss all the cochinadas our abuelas didn't tell us about. Hi all, my name is Ana, a certified sex coach who is earning a master's in social work and human sexualities education. I created this podcast as a way to start a conversation about sex in the Latin community because, let's be real, we don't talk about sex in our communities. It is my vision to have La Familia Latina discussing sex with one another, just like they do with chisme. Bienvenida, mi gente. Today, I'm going to be soltando toda la sopa on Kegel weights. What are Kegel weights? Kegel weights are objects that are specially designed for the vagina. So just like you go to the gym and you lift weights and your muscles get stronger, that's the same thing that happens when you use Kegel weights. So your pelvic floor muscles or the muscles that are located um, near and around your vagina are going to be strengthened, your pelvic floor muscles. And if you're not sure what a pelvic floor muscle is or why you should want to strengthen them, go ahead and listen to last week's episode on pelvic floor health and you'll have all the information that you need uh, prior to listening to this episode. So going back to Kegel weights, Kegel weights are great if you want to increase the intensity of your Kegel exercises that you are already doing. If you are not doing Kegel exercises, you should start um, doing them without weights first to make sure that you're doing them correctly, um, to make sure that you kind of get the hang of it. Because if your, if your pelvic floor muscles are weak already, um, just doing them, just doing regular Kegel exercises without the weight is already a lot. So adding the weight, um, it can be, it can be pretty intense, right? <clears throat> So going back to Kegel weights again, um, there are different types. There's like beginner to advanced. There's varying weights, different materials. There's ones with like pull strings. So I don't even know if this is a specific term that they use, uh, the pull string. Um, I like to call it that. It's like basically if you think about the string on a tampon, it basically just makes it easier to pull out. Um, there's types without those, you know, pull strings, whatever you want to call them. Um, there's also ones that are app compatible, and then there's also crystal types, so like the yoni eggs and things like that. So I'm going to start off by talking about the beginners. So begin a great beginner one is the Smart Ball Uno by Fun Factory, and there's also an IGTV video um, that I did on this a while back. It's on my Instagram, at Sex and Spanglish, and again, it's on the IGTV um, feed for that. So the Smart Ball Uno by Fun Factory, it has a pull tab. It's made of silicone and non-porous materials. Um, it's great for the active vagina owner. So you're probably like, what the hell is an active vagina owner? So it's a person that owns a vagina and that is active. So whether this is like a full-time working, um, you know, maybe person, <laughs> full-time working person, you know, a mom, um, you know, just just the person that's always on the go, this is a great um, option. Now, it is only suggested that you wear it for 30 minutes, so you have to also keep that in mind. This isn't something that you're going to put in in the morning, and then when you come home at night from a long day at work and running errands, that you're going to take it out. It's only suggested that you wear it for 30 minutes. So I suggest wearing it um, while maybe you're cleaning the house or maybe while you're cooking dinner. 
Um, something like that, where it's like, it's a longer activity, but not too long. Um, the site says that it's great for a tilted uterus and anyone who's had a hysterectomy. Now, I don't have a tilted uterus, and I also don't have a hysterectomy. I've never had a hysterectomy. So I can't um, speak on that, but that's what the Fun Factory site says. And I uh, trust Fun Factory. Um, I think they're a great company. So, um, I mean, if you have a tilted uterus and you've had a hysterectomy, try it out. See what it see what it's like. Maybe it works for you. Maybe it doesn't. Um, but what I can say is that Fun Factory does say that this particular um, option is great for individuals who have a tilted uterus and or have had a hysterectomy. Another beginner is the Luna Beads by Lilo. Now, these also have a pull tab. And they're also made of silicone and ABS plastic, so non-porous plastic. And I really like these because they're they're they have varying weights and they're interchangeable. So I'm gonna put a link to both the Luna beads and the Smartball Uno in the show notes. Um, and you'll see at the Luna beads that actually the package actually comes with four different um, little balls, and you can change them out, and they're different weights. So you can have like, you know, a certain weight and then go up in size as you get used to it. Or maybe you want to start off, you know, at a heavier weight. It's entirely up to you. So I really like that because it's kind of like a, a four in one um, type of thing. Now moving on to the medium to advanced Kegel weights. The first one I'm going to talk about are Benoit balls. And this, I also did an IGTV video on this. It's on my Instagram, at Sex and Spanglish. Um, but just to kind of summarize, they're steel balls that kind of resemble those steely marbles. And they're almost just as heavy, I would say. Um, they usually come in pairs of two. Um, so, you know, you can put one in at a time. You can put two in at a time. It's entirely up to you. Uh, they don't have a pull tab because, like I said, they kind of resemble marbles. Um, so in order to take them out, you just have to like relax your muscles and, um, they should just kind of fall out or you, sometimes you'll have to, um, stick a finger in there and kind of just like nudge it out a little bit. Um, what I really like about these is that can, they can also be used as a sex toy. So because they're not very large, um, they can kind of move around and they rub against your vaginal wall which can be arousing for some people. Um, so they can be used as a sex toy in that way. Um, because they're also like smaller and there's no pull tab, they're very discreet. Um, you can, you know, wear them out maybe on a date or something, you know, and just where or wherever for that matter and have that kind of feeling if it's arousing for you. And you can like, you know, if that's your thing to get aroused in public, um, without being like too out there about it, that's a great way to do it. Now, the next one I want to talk about is the Kegel Bell. And this is made out of medical grade silicone. It has 16 difficulty levels, which kind of makes up for the price. So it is pretty expensive. It's, I want to say it's about $150. Don't quote me on the price. Um, and I'll definitely include a link to their website in the show notes. Um, but you're getting a lot, like you're getting 16 
um, basically different toys in one. So imagine like, you know, those dumbbells that you can kind of like change the weights. It's like that. So you're getting the one thing and you can change the weights. So of course it's going to be more expensive because you're not just getting the one weight, right? So um, the, the Kegel bell is unique because it hangs outside the body. So there's a little, um, I don't even know what it is, but like a little anchor, I guess you could call it. And it goes inside the body. And then there's like a string that hangs down and the weight is on the outside of the body. So the actual Kegel weight itself is on the outside of the body, hanging down. So you can't really go anywhere. I mean, I guess you could, but that would be weird. So anyways, um, the Kegel Bell um, creators actually argue that wearing the weight inside the body for longer periods of time can be damaging and not very effective. Now, this is their opinion. Um, you know, there are differing opinions on this. I personally recommend that people don't wear weight, any type of Kegel weight for more than 30 minutes. And I also recommend that you start without weight before, you know, buying weights. And I also recommend that you make sure you know your muscles are weak before adding weights to begin with. So it's entirely up to you to decide what you would like to do. It's your body. Um, I'm just here to present you with information. So moving on to the next one is the yoni egg, also commonly referred to as the jade egg or the love egg. Um, these are stones carved into an egg shape and they're polished. And many people use these because of their beliefs about healing properties of crystals. So a lot of people are into like rose quartz and things like that. So there are actually yoni eggs made out of um, rose quartz and, and other types of crystals as well. Um, these are also made popular um, recently by Gwyneth Paltrow. She's like, if you Google um, celebrities and Yoni Egg, you'll see Gwyneth Paltrow like on a ton of different links. Like she's ranting and raving about this. So I would suggest if you're going to purchase a Yoni Egg, you want to get it from the Yoni Egg site. And I will um, put the link in the show notes. And their site actually says that the um, that the yoni egg is non-porous, but there are also many doctors and gynecologists that don't agree, and that they argue that the um, the yoni egg itself is very large and it's too heavy to actually do anything. And again, there's differing opinions on whether or not these are useful or harmful or if they're porous or non-porous. So I'm just here to present information on different things. Um, you can make a decision for yourself on whether or not this is something that is okay for your body. I would also say that it would be beneficial to talk to your gynecologist as well. Um, and in particular, a pelvic floor therapist. Again, I think they're more knowledgeable on that um, than a gynecologist would be. So you can always get a referral from your gynecologist um, about a pelvic floor therapist. Now, the last um, Kegel weight that I want to talk about isn't really a Kegel weight. Um, it's called the LV Trainer. The LV Trainer is connected to an app, and it's made with medical-grade silica. So I love this um, device because it has an app that has workouts for you to do. So what you do is you put the toy inside, and it actually monitors, like, 
how you um, how you're doing your kegels, and it gives you feedback, and it tells you like, hey, you're doing this right, or you're doing this wrong, and it's real time feedback, and you're actually also able to track your progress, like how how you're doing over time, and that's amazing. So this is also on the pricier end, but again, I mean, it comes with an app, and it's it's you know body safe and I will all the things that I talked about today are body safe but it's a really good product so I mean you get what you pay for so after all that information you're like well what the hell if there's arguments for them if there's arguments for against them like what do I do do I buy them do I not buy them and if you want my opinion I think that if you're using them in conjunction with Hegel exercises, you should be fine. So if you're also, so if you're using Kegel weights and then you're also doing Kegels on your own without the weights, I think you should be fine. And as always, double check with your gynecologist, double check with a pelvic floor therapist who happens to be sex positive. Again, as always, I recommend Saratonza out of Santa Cruz, California. Um, everyone needs a therapist and everyone needs a pelvic floor therapist as well. That's, I will say that till the day that I die. Now, if you decide to buy a Kegel weight, you want to make sure that they're body safe. All the ones that I mentioned today are body safe. So they, if you decide to buy one and you're not sure, like, where to start, I would definitely buy one of the ones that I talked about today. Um, all the links will be in the show notes. If you have one in mind already, or you find a different one, feel free to reach out to me um, at sexandspanglish at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at sexandspanglish. I'd be more than happy to talk about a purchase with you before you actually buy it. Um, never, ever, ever buy a sex toy on Amazon. It is very likely that it can be used. Um, it just, just don't do it. They're not always buy from either the site. So uh, the person that, you know, that made it. So for example, the Smartball Uno is made by Fun Factory. So you want to get it either from Fun Factory or you want to get it from a sex shop that is also um, sex positive. And I know that sounds really stupid, but there are sex shops that aren't necessarily sex positive or they don't sell body safe products. Um, so I can definitely give you some options. If you're in need of some options, feel free to reach out to me again, sexandspanglish at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at sexandspanglish. And I'm more than happy to provide you with um, sex positive sex shops. So again, you want to buy straight from the manufacturer or buy from some somewhere like babeland.com or pleasure chest, purepleasureshop.com, any one of those. Um, but if you're having trouble finding a place, just let me know. Moving on to la cochinada del día. Today's cochinada is all about vaginal discharge. Now, before I start, I just want to say that it is normal. You know that stuff that comes out of your vagina like typically every day, it's entirely normal. While it can be annoying, it doesn't, it, who cares? It's normal. It's how your vagina cleans itself. You know, vaginal discharge is how your vagina stays clean. It's how it keeps its pH balance. So if you don't know what pH balance is, or pH is basically the acidity level of something. So how acidic something is. And 
the vagina's acidity level, depending on your age and, you know, your, you know, your stage of life, whatever, the quote unquote normal is a 3.8 to a 4.5. Now this can vary. And also it's not really necessary for you to know because you're not going to be managing it, right? You're just going to be being proactive about taking care of your vagina and your vulva and making sure that it's not throwing it off balance. So it's not something like, it's not like a fucking pool where you have to go and measure it all the time to see the different chemicals that you need to add. Like that's not how it works. Your body is able to do it on its own. You just need to stop adding shit that's going to throw it off. So back to discharge. Uh, There are five types. The first type is cervical mucus, and this is creamy and white or clear and stretchy, and it has little to no scent, and there should be no irritation with this. Now, certain people have really sensitive skin, so if you have a lot of discharge, which can be normal for some people, it just depends on the person, um, it can create some irritation. So that's definitely something that you want to see a specialist about. Your gynecologist likely will not will probably tell you like, oh, it's a yeast infection and probably misdiagnose you. It's definitely something you want to see a specialist about. And I always talk about this, but, you know, I'm going to keep saying it. You need to know your body. You need to know what's normal for you in order to tell what's wrong. So if this is your normal discharge and you happen to be getting irritated from the discharge, then that's likely a hint that it's probably your skin that's getting irritated and it's not like an infection or an STI or something like that. So that's why it's so important to know about your body. But anyways, little to no scent, no irritation, and it's creamy and white or clear and stretchy. Then there's the vaginal cell slow. This is um, the second type. And if you've ever wiped yourself and gotten like shiny toilet paper, that's what that is. Or you have like crumbly discharge on like either your underwear or your pants. This is like the shedding of, of the vagina. So, you know, the used cells. So I don't know if anybody ever took like a science class. We used to talk about cells and science in elementary school. And like, you know, your shells are your shells, your cells are always shedding, right? And so this is just the shedding of the vaginal cells, you know, that you're always producing new cells. And this is just the old one shedding, not no, there's no reason to worry. There's a little to no scent, there's no irritation. And again, if there's irritation, it's likely due and it's it and it is the vaginal slough that's coming out. Um, It's likely because your skin is irritated. So this is definitely something to see a specialist about. Um, I personally would not go see a dermatologist about this. I would go see, there's a certain, um, it's like a, a special, it's a gynecologist, but they're specialized in this type of, um, thing. Now the third type of, uh, vaginal discharge is arousal fluid. So this is clear and stretchy. It has little to no scent, no irritation with it, um, So if you're aroused and, you know, you start getting wet, then that's that's arousal fluid. And this is also similar to um, what may come out if you've ever ejaculated as a as a woman, you know, um, that it's similar to what would come out. Now, awas, look out for the next two types of discharge. If it's yellow or green if it's cottage cheese-like, 
if it's uh, creamy and white with like a hint of yellow or if it smells of like yeast or kind of like fish or it has like an abnormal scent. So again, you need to know what you normally smell like. This isn't about sex. This is about your body and being healthy. If you don't know what you normally smell like, how the hell are you going to tell the doctor what like, oh, I don't know. Like you need to know what's going on with you in order to tell the doctor. If you don't know your symptoms, they can't help you. So you need to know what you smell like. Anyway, if it has an abnormal scent or it smells like yeast or fishy, if you're having itchy, itchiness or there's like irritation, so it's like red, maybe like similar to a rash or something like that, uh, or maybe it's semi-swollen, these are signs of infections. So it could be bacterial vaginosis, it could be a yeast infection, it could be an STI or something else, you don't know. So anyway, these are all signs of infections and you need to see a gynecologist ASAP. So are you experiencing watery discharge when you're not aroused? Do you experience occasional bursts of water? So maybe you're walking, you know, I don't know, walking around cleaning the house and all of a sudden you feel like water is coming out of your vagina and you're like, okay, like, is this discharge? Like, I know I didn't piss myself. Like, what is this? This could be a sign of cervical dysplasia which means that there's abnormal cell growth. So as I said, we have cell growth like inside the vaginal canal. When we go to get a pap smear, that's what they're testing for. They're testing to see, you know, how they tell you like, oh, it was normal or if it was abnormal. If you go and get tested, they'll likely tell you that this is like abnormal cell growth and they'll want to test you further because this could be a sign of cancer. So If you are experiencing, again, watery discharge when you're not aroused, so you're not aroused and you're just like getting your, you have watery discharge, it's like literally like water or like occasional bursts of water. Um, I imagine it like kind of like if your water broke, but a lot less water, um, then that is a sign or could be a sign of cervical dysplasia. Either way, you need to call your gynecologist and let them know and tell them that you want a pap smear. Even if you've just had one, say, the month before or maybe the year before, you're not due for one, it doesn't matter. When there's something wrong, you need to go see the doctor. I know a lot of times in La Comunidad Latina, we're like, oh, we don't want to go to the doctor, nos van a cobrar, you know, whatever. I get that. But then you're, vas a pagar más if you're sick and you don't get it taken care of right away. So go get it taken care of. Have someone go with you if you're more comfortable doing that. And like, I'll go with you. If I'm if I'm close by and I'm able to, I will go with you if that is what it's going to take you to go to the doctor. Like, this is ridiculous. Don't just not go to the doctor because you're afraid they're going to charge you. Deal with the payments later. Your health is more important than worrying about spending all this money. And I get it. I have medical bills too, but I'm not going to not, I'm not going to stop going to the doctor just because I don't have the money to go especially in the United States. Like they can't turn you away because you don't have the money because guess what? They bill you afterwards. So I'm going to go and I'm going to get taken care of. And then you can ask me about the money later. Anyways, moving on to ask a future doctora. Today's question is, my man wants his butt played with. Is he gay? (laughs) No, cariño. Your man isn't gay. He's kinky. There's a difference. Este es la mentira más contado por todo el mundo, yo creo. Sexual preferences and sexual orientation are two different things. 
Sexual preferences are what you like in bed. So if you like anal, that's a sexual preference. If you don't like something, that that's a sexual preference, right? What you like, what you don't like in bed. Nothing to do with who you like it with. Maybe you only like anal when you're doing it yourself. Like that has nothing to do with anything. That has nothing to do with who you are interested in. That doesn't make you straight, gay, or otherwise. That's just your sexual preference. Your sexual orientation, however, is who you are attracted to. So if I identify as a woman and I am attracted to men, then I am considered straight or heterosexual. If I, you know, if I enjoy um, oral and I get it done by a man, does that make me a lesbian? Like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. So, no. Your sexual orientation and sexual preferences are two different things. The whole concept of a man liking anal play, meaning that he's gay, is rooted in homophobia. And I know a lot of people are going to argue with me about this, but it's true. And just listen to what I have to say. So, like I said, you know, women can like oral. And then no one calls them a lesbian because it's not seen as bad. Lesbianism, for some reason, is like it's it's okay and it's not okay for men to be gay. So that's that's homophobia right there, right? Women can be inserted so they can have anal, but men can't. Like, how the fuck does that make any sense? Like, it would make more sense to me if you told me like, oh, okay, well, you know, women can have penis and vagina sex, but they can't have anal. Like, okay. You know, that would make more sense. Like, I still wouldn't agree with you, but that makes a lot more sense than, oh, they can have anal, but men can't have, men can't have anal. How the fuck does that make any sense? Are you calling a woman gay because she likes anal? That makes absolutely no sense. Male and female asses have the same nerve endings and the male prostate is located in the ass. And if you listen to my episode on orgasms, the female prostate is located or accessed through the ass as well. So why wouldn't we want to have anal sex? It doesn't make any sense for the argument that like, oh, that makes them gay. That So after a man has something inserted into his ass, is he going to go around just like hitting on guys because he's interested in men? That makes absolutely no fucking sense. Like think about what people are saying when they tell you things like that or when you believe something. Think about it. Come on now. Like I know my audience is not stupid. You need you. Think about these things because they sound stupid once you once you like repeat them. So if gay men didn't have anal, then straight men would have little to no problem with this. And that's what makes the whole concept of a man liking anal play, like making him gay or whatever. That's that's why it's rooted in homophobia, because if a gay man didn't have anal, Straight men would have little to no problem with this. So it is only because gay men happen to have anal sex that straight men or even women have a problem with this. And it is all rooted in homophobia. And if you're homophobic, then that's that's your problem, right? That's on you. But that does not mean that just because a man has anal sex that he's gay. That it makes absolutely no sense. Anyways, that's all I have on that question. Speaking of anal, be sure to subscribe because next week I'll be soltando toda la sopa on anal. And 
If you enjoyed this episode, compártelo con una vecina, una prima y una cochina. If you'd like a question answered on the podcast, send me an email at sexandspanglish at gmail.com. Join me every week to hear me talk about orgasms, STIs, birth control, and all the other cochinadas your abuelas didn't tell you about. Until then, be sure to follow me on Instagram for weekly topics and updates. And if you want chisme before anyone else and early access to freebies, be sure to sign up for my email list. Simply head to the link tree located in my bio on Instagram and click on Email me the chisme. My link tree is also where you can get more information about how you can get personalized coaching from a Latina certified sex coach who can help you navigate your culture and your sexuality sin vergüenza. Instagram is where you'll find me discussing sex and my other passions, food, social justice, y Latinidad. It's also where you can access my Facebook and Twitter accounts. Make sure to follow me and leave me a comment on my social media platforms to let me know you heard this. Espero verte pronto.